Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 11 of Farscape. Incubator. Now, before we start, we need to do a trigger warning. This episode of Farscape has a plot that involves a pretty severe and, in my opinion, gratuitous rape. So if that's something that triggers you, please beware and, you know, take care of your mental health. Yeah, you might want to skip over this one. It's it's pretty see, central see, to the episode. Yeah, I, which I was going to say this is a really good episode except that one thing. Except that one thing is kind of central to the episode, although it doesn't need to be arguably. Yeah, no, no, I think, and by arguably, I think you mean we are going to argue for that. I feel like... This episode has so much interesting stuff that I would love to delve into, and I wish it hadn't given into that early 2000s urge to be dark and gritty by adding a gratuitous sexual assault. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a lot of diversions, or going to try not to. I know it's, a, it's an issue we have sometimes, but I, I feel like I kind of have to bring this up here. Okay. So... There's a webcomic I like called Order of the Stick, which is about Dungeons and Dragons. It's a Dungeons and Dragons parody comic. Yes, of course. And at one point, there's a character who's half orc, and someone's like, oh, that implies a pretty dark backstory. And then we get a flashback to her parents who are like sickening sweethearts, and she's like, you have no idea. And I'm like, it's a funny joke, but it's also kind of built on the fact that, you know, this thing is so normalized that the fact that her parents were just an in-love couple is a joke is kind of really yeah. messed up. Yeah, although I don't blame Order of the Stick for it. Order of the Stick is undercutting a thing that exists. Like, yeah. Yeah, which I think Dungeons & Dragons is trying to move away with because they're doing this new thing where they don't have, like, species that are inherently evil anymore. Yeah, um, so... I'm sure, based on our, our listener base, we have several listeners who are aware of how fun it is to be a woman in nerd spaces. Mm-hmm. And back back in the day, back in the day, uh, I was going to say Wizards of the Coast, but they were TSR at the time, I think. I'm pretty sure. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, they put out the Book of Evil, which is... Which which was a a supplement for D and D sec third ed a supplement for D and D third ed that was like you know it had how to play evil characters it had like assassin subclasses things like that and it also had rules for rape in it mm-hmm. and it's not just it, this book came out in the early two thousands mm-hmm. and also when I was at a gaming store I kind of got cornered by a guy I didn't know who felt it was important to tell me that the book contained rules for rape. The early 2000s! And also kind of now, but I feel like more people are calling it out now than were in the early 2000s. Yeah, I listen to a lot of uh, Reddit podcasts, you know, that talk about like... They're they're basically read Reddit, subreddits. Yeah, Yeah, like, because I know they're not great, but they're like popcorn, where, you know, you you just, it's really easy to overindulge in them. They're like cotton candy, where there's like nothing to it, so you can eat so much of it, and the next thing you know, you have a sugar stomachache. Yeah, but one of the ones I listened to did a, uh, did a, uh... Retrospective? No, uh, they, they usually do it from, like, Entitled Parents or Ada, 
but they did one from I think it's Tales from Tabletop or Tabletop Horror Stories or something. Okay. Is the subreddit and the person who hosts it was like, I don't normally do stuff from the subreddit because it's all a little sexual assaulty mm-hmm. uh, because apparently that's a really big problem in D&D circles and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now, as somebody who currently lives in Portland, Oregon, I feel that it's important to say that, okay, I feel like I'm doing hashtag not all gamers, <laughs> but, but what I really mean to say is it's possible to find your people. Like, you don't have to put up with that at the table. You can find a good gaming group. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, if you join a gaming group and everyone's a dude, it's probably, like, there there's some warning signs there. Yeah, like, like, like why, why can't, why can't these dudes get a woman who wants to stay and be in their gaming group? Yeah, like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's not inherently bad, but also a lot of women really like gaming, and if there's a gaming group that doesn't have a woman in it, it's probably a pretty big warning sign. Yeah. But as I said, it's it's possible to find a good gaming group out there. So if you're in a gaming group that you feel like you're stuck in because you love gaming and you feel like everyone around you. And by the way, regardless of gender. Yes. Like whether you. Yeah. Regardless of the genders of the people involved, if you're in a gaming group where you feel like everybody is kind of creepy or or, or too hack and slashy or or too like volatile, you don't have to stay in that group. There are other groups out there. Yeah. This is this has been this has been a public service announcement from your uh your fandom mom. <laughs> okay, we should actually start in on the episode though. All right, let's start the episode. Okay, so the episode opens on Scorpius's ship. Yeah, this is a really Scorpius heavy episode which I like. So because we've been going back and forth between the two Johns, Scar Joe and regular Joe. Uh-huh. A regular John, rather. Yeah, yeah. But this episode is technically a regular John episode, but it's really a Scorpius episode that regular John is kind of in a little bit of. Yeah, there's a little bit of regular John, but most of the John in this episode is Scorpius's head John. Yeah, we're flipping the script here. Yeah. So... Now John's the one giving head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Last time we were on Scorpius's ship, we found out that there was an issue with the uh, with the going... wormhole tra- travel where it liquefies organic matter that goes through it. Yeah, which seems odd. Apparently, the wormhole that John went through is like a perfectly constructed wormhole, and normally they're not. And you need to compensate for it when they're not. So, and compensating for when they're not is very hard. So, all of the people they send into them are coming out as goo. Which is not a good thing. (laughs) Anyway, the uh, one of Scorpius's alien scientists is certain that she has finally cracked the code on the neurochip for the wormhole knowledge. And because they've been getting they're getting all the information that they have about wormholes from the chip that used to be in John's brain which theoretically absorbed all of the wormhole knowledge from John's brain, but... Nah. Well, they found a section on the chip that was itself even more encoded than the fact that it was hidden in someone's brain. Well, they're getting all of this information, what, like, fifth hand at this point? <laughs> yes. So, Scorpius is like, okay, well, so we need to figure out what's in that part. And 
the alien scientist is like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I figured it out. I figured out how to get rid of the liquefying problem. Don't worry. In fact, I am so confident that I have discovered how to get rid of the liquefying problem. I will be the next pilot in her project leader is like maybe don't do that you're kind of my best scientist and i really don't want you to be liquefied and scorpius is like no no shut up let her do it i i I am intrigued by this woman's confidence let her let her go into the wormhole she's so confident she's fixed the problem well he says that you know sometimes to advance you have to take risks but that just really makes me think of that uh far quad quote from the from shrek yeah yeah the uh so some of you may die but (laughs) <laughs> that is a risk I'm willing to take. That is a price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> I feel like large, large, large amounts of the original Shrek movie have not aged great, but that that definitely has. I'm not actually sure that's true. Well, it's just everything is so tongue-in-cheek now, and that was like, the whole thing was tweaking Disney's nose back in the day. Like, that was the whole premise of the original Shrek movie. Uh-huh. And that's just been run into the ground. Disney is doing it. Disney is doing it constantly. Disney can't have a straight movie anymore, except... Well, we just watched Encanto. That was... Encanto was very good. Oh my god, it was so good. Anyway. And and part of the reason it was good was because it wasn't apologizing for itself. Which, again, we liked Moana, but Moana had a lot of apologizing for itself. And just do a movie. You don't need to apologize for being whatever you are. Yeah. It's it's also a thing with the MCU movies where it's kind of fun, but at the same time, like not just in, not just the MCU movies. There's a lot. There's a huge issue with superhero movies where they're embarrassed to be superhero movies, and that's what was going on with Disney movies, right? They were princess movies that were embarrassed to be princess movies. Although Encanto, I would argue, is not a princess movie, and maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I, I guess, because they don't have to have the little Moana, oh, does she count as a princess? Let's have this conversation. Yeah. Or, oh my god, that god-awful tweeting joke, which... That was just the worst. Why? That, that was, was the worst. That was, that was, that was awful. joke. But, uh, yeah, Encanto is very good. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yes, I, I endorsed Encanto. Go watch it if you haven't yet. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's free on Disney Plus it's now. It's free on Disney Plus. That's why we saw it. We're not paying for stuff anymore. We're just waiting. Well, other than like the hundreds of dollars a month we spend on streaming subscriptions. Yes, other than that. But yeah, we're not we're not paying any more than that. Farscape. So Scorpius goes into his chamber and he he summons the nurse because he needs to have his cooling rods changed. Okay, this isn't peacekeeper barbie lady right you're right it's not i thought it was i thought because this woman is wearing a blue party city wig and i thought that peacekeeper barbie had just swapped out her red party city wig but no you're right it's an entirely different person i think she might i think she's supposed to be an alien i feel like she either has very striking naturally blue eyes or kind of weird alien blue contacts you know what? I think you're right, and that would fit thematically with the stuff we've talked about with Scorpius before, and what's really emphasized in this episode, which is the way that he has surrounded himself with non-peacekeepers. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Which is why he's a bigger threat than Crace, because he's willing to expand his, uh... Yes. I, although I will, I will repeat what you said when we were watching this. You were like, "Really?" Because Aaron was irreversibly contaminated for having a conversation with a guy. Yes, yes. The peacekeepers let Scorpius do whatever he wants. I, I guess because he's half uh, Scarin, so he's already contaminated. But Aaron got sentenced to death for talking to someone who wasn't a Sebastian. Well, she was a prisoner. I, anyway. 
The... Anyway. <laughs> Scorpius is going back into the chip to see if he can get more information. He's going to talk to Chip John and, oh, look, it's a fun reverse of the, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because now a copy of John is in the chip and... Yeah, and and the copy of John that's in the chip, by the way, waking nightmare, mm. because the copy of John that's in the chip thinks that he's the real John, and he's like, oh no, did it fail? Did, did the diagnostician not get the neurochip out of me? And Scorpius is like, no, no, he did. The real John is just fine. I mean, he's not, but the real John is just fine. Well, it's that one episode of Black Mirror, right? Which one? I feel like there's a couple episodes of Black Mirror like this. The one with the Star Trek parody, where... The engineering guy creates copies of his co-worker and traps them in that program. Oh, yep, that that works. That's It's very similar to that. And then he, like, punishes the real-life co-workers by doing horrible things to the uh, digital copies of them. Oof, yeah. It's also like the movie Moon, which I feel like is kind of a spoiler, but also that movie's, like, 15 years old. Get on it. Huh. <laughs> So, yes, uh, Scorpius is going to interrogate Chip John to see if there's anything he's missing because he doesn't trust that the alien lady is not going to melt. Which, again, spoiler alert, is uh, fair. a good idea on his part. He, yeah. I mean, don't trust people who are very, very confident. I know that's counterintuitive, but if someone is incredibly confident, then there's something going on there. I mean... I feel like it could just be that they're right. In this case, that's not what it is. But it, it could be, but it could just be they think they're right and they're not as smart as they think they are, which I think is a lot of the time with very, very confident people, or they're lying to you, or okay. which she is doing. She is lying to him and is But not, not about whether or not she has an ability to do this. No, but it's working on a bunch of levels there, because she's not as smart as she thinks she is. The process that she has is not going to work, and she is lying to him. Like, there is the possibility that a very, very confident person is just very good at what they're doing and is telling you the truth, but uh, I don't know. You don't trust anyone who doesn't have imposter syndrome? I don't trust anyone who doesn't have... Humility. I'll, I I was going to say doubts. Like, if someone is... Because there, uh, there's this thing with people who are anti-science. Uh-huh. Where they talk about science like it is this giant immutable thing, which it's not. It's constantly reevaluating what you think you know. Incomplacency is bad when you're trying to learn stuff because it stops you from going out and discovering that there might be a better way of doing whatever you're doing. Right, right. You mean anti-science people who are like, well, if you believe in science, how come science changes? And it's like, well, that's what science is. So a part of science is changing in light of new facts. Yeah. Which is why it's when people are very, very stubborn about a thing being the way it is. I know it's not a great example of it, but the speech that Phoebe gives to Ross to get him to not believe in gravity or evolution in, yeah. in Friends, which I think is a really, really good speech, even though it's solely created to, uh, you know, destroy Ross. Well, no, the, the speech is, you know... Scientists used to believe this, now they know that's wrong. They used to believe this, now they know that's wrong. And they used to believe this, now they know that's wrong. How can you be sure that they won't realize that evolution is wrong? And of course the answer to that is, yes, they may. And when that evidence presents itself, I will believe it, because that's what science is. Yeah. Well, and she has a bit where she talks about, you can't even be open to the slightest possibility that you might be wrong. Which is a very, uh... I mean, honestly, it's a very good 
takedown of Ross in Yeah, because Ross is a bad scientist. Yeah, as, as the show talks about in later seasons, most of his work is discredited. I'm sorry, Farscape, we keep going off on. Yeah, so Chip John, Head John, is like, yeah, no, uh, I'm out of here, but there's nowhere for him to go because he's inside Scorpius's head. And Scorpius is like, I control the mindscape, John, but uh, you're you're going to have to tell me all you know. But first, I'm going to give you a whole history of me so you have context for this. And Chip John's like, oh, crap, I am in hell. Well, Scorpius knows that he can't force Chip John to do anything because it's just a voice in his head. So his only choice is to convince him that he wants to help him. He basically, he needs, he needs John to... Be the uh, the fangirl to his Loki. He needs to like present himself as a tragic, misunderstood figure so that John will help him. And dear God, the first thing we see is we we jump through the first twelve years of Scorpius's life, which are just him almost dying because his body is burning up from the inside because he's half scare and half sebation. So he is living through the the living death that Sebations have, the heat delirium. Yeah, he's in that constantly. Mm-hmm. So... Honestly, the fact that Scorpius survived for 12 years before they came up with a solution is... Impressive. Yeah, it, it, speaks, it speaks to Scorpius's inner strength. So there's a female Scarin, which, man, they really toned down the Scarin makeup when it comes to women, huh? It's not as bad as it is in, let's say, World of Warcraft when it comes to gender dysphoria between a... Well, okay, so I feel is like... Is that the word gender... Disparity. Is disparity? I, I don't know. I mean, the point is, they they want her to be sexy even though she's a lizard creature. Yeah, it's like how all of the, uh, all the female versions of, like, orcs or trolls or whatever in World of Warcraft are just, you know, pretty women but with fangs, or pretty women but they're blue. Well, I mean, it's like my friend, who is a humor writer, who wrote the number one most read piece on the Belladonna this year, wrote in that piece, how am I supposed to know if I'm gonna want to fuck this cartoon rabbit if it doesn't have breasts? Oh, dear. About Lola Bunny? Oh, Oh, God. Oh, God. I, it's beyond me that people got mad about her not having breasts. It's She's a cartoon rabbit. Well, like I said, Alice wrote Belladonna's number one most read piece about that, and it was it was pretty funny. And, like, I'm sorry, if you want to see cartoon rabbits with breasts, I'm sure the internet has your back on that. Well, what's very funny, since you say that, sorry for this tangent, but I have to, I have to say this, um, there was, like, a tweet that went viral that was like a side-by-side comparison between her new design in the Space Jam 2 and like sexy Lola the rabbit and then it turned out that the sexy Lola was not from Space Jam 1 it was from someone's deviant art page god so yeah well it was like that thing that was going around that was like uh with Aladdin where it was these two pictures of Aladdin side by side and it was like at the beginning of the movie uh he was poor and then there was a and then the second picture, and at the end of the movie, he was white because his skin was lighter. Uh-huh. And uh, someone pointed out, okay, so first of all, actually only of all, that second image is not actually from the movie. It's from cartoon porn. Really? All right, I, I'm like, you're kind of calling yourself out by recognizing it, but whatever. Hey, hey, that person was like throwing themselves on the porn grenade to make a point about something. Maybe the internet was a mistake. <laughs> okay, 
So the female Scarin, male, let me back up. Male Scarins <laughs> have kind of a, a an elongated lizard horse dinosaur face. horse face snout thing. Yeah. Her face is flat. She has a flat face so that she can have like sexy lips and high cheekbones, even as she has like a lizard, you know, forehead. See, the weird thing is, like, they didn't really go far enough into the, you know, we're going to have her be, like, a, just a sexy lady. Like, she's still fairly inhuman. It's just weird that they're like, okay, but we're going to dial it back enough so that you might want to have sex with her. Now, to be fair, I think we might be, I, I, I think we might be disparaging Farscape unfairly. This is a, this is a really dramatic episode they might have toned down the makeup so that she could have full range of facial expressions. Yeah, you know what? That That is fair. She is emoting a lot more than we see Scarens emoting. I mean, not like... Also, she has to kind of do a lot more than Scarens typically have to do. She's a more active character. And like with last episode where they had those really cool alien designs, but they basically did nothing while John murdered them because they were giant puppets and mm-hmm. it would be hard to make them do stuff. Well, and I feel like... We've seen on the show with Rigel in particular how good the Henson company is with puppetry and making puppets have facial expressions. Mm-hmm. But the Scarens still kind of look like puppets. So I, I can see that they want, if they wanted her to have, you know, features that. They wanted the actress to have her own features. It's, it's that one bit from uh, I Think You Should Leave. I'm wearing too much shit. I just want this shit off of me. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Also, it's the thing from the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, where they realized that they needed to give the apes uh, eyebrows. Otherwise, they wouldn't have convincing human emotional facial expressions, even though apes don't have eyebrows. Hmm. This is kind of the origin of how Scorpius learned to scorp. That is this episode. That's exactly, not just sort of, that's exactly what, this episode is Scorpius learns to scorp. So Scorpius is, I, you know, I assumed at the beginning of the episode, although obviously it's not given what we find out, but Scorpius's lady teacher is trying to get him to fight off the heat. She's like, you are part scaring, your body produces heat. Stop being such a wuss and get up and do stuff. And he's like, I can't, I'm literally dying because of the heat. I feel like she's like every parent that goes viral on Twitter for being a terrible parent, like being oh, dad. Oh, the vending machine guy. Or the vending machine guy. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Where she's like, have you tried just not being too hot? So, back on Moya, regular John has been running all over the place trying to track down this wormhole and the entrances to this wormhole. And Dargo's like... John, enough with the fucking wormholes! And John's like, we, we... We literally have nothing else to do. We decided that we were just gonna let the Death Squad go after Aaron and other John and Half-Face and Fish Dude. Like, so, while they're off having their adventures, we have nothing better to do than just sit around looking for holes in the sky. He's like, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe we could go find your son, Dargo. Oh, wait, we already did that! Yeah, we already spent a whole ass load of time doing that like maybe you can indulge me for 15 goddamn seconds and pilot's like you know moya's enjoying just chilling out looking around the universe it's kind of what she wanted to do the whole time and then dargo's like look we just need to get off the ship we're all we all have space madness and john's like hey 
That's no excuse for space rudeness. But John does realize that Dargo, because Dar- when Dargo says that Jewel and Shiana need to, like, land on a commerce planet somewhere and walk around, John kind of realizes that Dargo means he does, too. So he's like, okay, okay, one more wormhole, and then we will pull over at a rest stop, and everyone can get out and stretch their feet. I like this argument because it starts out as the same kind of antagonistic argument that Dargo and John had early in the series, but then... Dargo, like, when they reach the conclusion of the argument, Dargo's like, I'm sorry I snapped. It's really rough. And John's like, I'm sorry that I am so obsessed with wormholes. Have you read the Earth book, Moby Dick? So I I like that they kind of, even though they still have that kind of bickering... Dynamic. Dynamic. They've moved beyond that as far as, like, a deeper emotional core goes. I like that. I guess it also probably helps that Dargo doesn't have the whole, I have to find my son. Where is my son thing going on anymore? Because, you know, his son had sex with his almost but not really fiancé and then left, so. Yep. Yep. Back in Scorpius's head, uh, Chip John is like, okay, yeah, your childhood sucked. Fantastic. Welcome to everyone ever. I mean, not everyone ever, but everyone in a narrative ever because, you know. Otherwise, there would be no narrative. Yeah. There, there, I'm, I'm sure there are, I mean, I know that there are characters who grew up with happy childhoods, but, like, I feel like it's sort of a given if you're even part sebation that your childhood was not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay, so, not only are they torturing poor baby Scorpius with the heat delirium, but... They keep telling him that sebations are weak and his sebation part is what makes him weak and the only way that he is going to feel okay is if he embraces his scare inside, which again is some nonsense because this is like physiological. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just yell someone out of dying from a fever. Right? And Scorpius is like, water, please. And the scaring teacher lady is like, please how weak are you how pathetic and she pours the water that she got for him on the ground and it's like well why did you teach him the word please if you never wanted him to use it right i was thinking that so uh john's like yeah okay i get it your childhood sucks but i mean you're an asshole now so and scorpius is like no keep watching (laughs) so Back on Moya, a prowler has appeared, and, yep, everyone's like, hey, pilot, this is obviously a trap, you know, it's a trap, and pilot's like, it doesn't seem like a trap, so, uh, yeah, we're just gonna bring him on board. Yeah, besides, this is a species that leviathans naturally trust. It's probably one of those ones that the builders or whatever were like, go merge with them, or what have you. Yeah, I actually, I... I like this introduction, right? I like that they introduced a race that is kind of a natural ally of the Leviathans. And in fact, when Pilot contacts her and puts her up on the screen, she speaks to Pilot in a language that is not translated. The translator microbes do not translate it. So I assume that this must be a specific greeting that this that her species uses that is kind of closer to the pilot language, which we know cannot be translated. Yeah, so against the wishes of everyone on board, pilot's like, ah, come on in, <laughs> chill out, chillax. Yep, yep. Now, to be fair, he does send the DRDs to kind of, like, guard in case they need to. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, come on. 
I know, the DRDs, they, like, give you a little electric shock, right? Well, I just, we know that she's not an actual threat to the ship, because if she were, then the DRDs would be taken out immediately. Because they're only ever allowed to be useful against people who aren't active threats to the ship. Wow, that's depressingly true. Anyway, she comes out of the Prowler, and she's like, hey, guess what? I learned how to travel through wormholes! And I, I love how everyone on the, on the ship's like, so what, John traveled through a wormhole? It can't be that hard. But also they're like, oh my god, do not let her get together with John. The two of them will never shut the fuck up. Dear lord, wormholes, ugh. And in fact, that does that is what she says. She says, uh, go tell Crichton that I figured out wormhole travel. <laughs> this is one of those things where, like, she knows who everyone is, and everyone's, like, weirded out because you don't think of yourself as being the... I guess it's not exactly a parasocial relationship, but... It is. It, it, it is in a weird way, because she's studied all of their files and they don't know her. Yeah, I, it's a weird kind of parasocial relationship. Huh. Anyway, back on Scorpius's ship, the nurse is monitoring Scorpius, who is unconscious so that he can have this tete-a-tete with Chip John, and the nurse is like, yeah, I don't like these readings. It looks bad. And Brock is like, he said keep him under, keep him under. And then we have a sequence where his, where Scorpius's teacher is showing him how weak sebations are, and the sequence is a mirror of the sequence from Won't Get Fooled Again, where Scorpius is instructing John on how Scarens work. Hmm. Which I find very cool. It's one of the, like, really cool parallels that happens in this episode. It's very subtle. Also, Scorpius discovers that he has the ability to see energy uh, during this scene. Like, he, he is he's seeing his teacher's kind of life force and how it changes depending on, you know, her mood, her emotions, whether she's lying or not. Yes, very important. And we've known from Scorpius's first appearance that he had this ability. That's how he knew that John was not Sebastian when he met him. Captive. What? Captive. When he had him captive. Oh, yes, yes. I said met him. And when he captured him. Oh, I thought you said when he had him. <laughs> ah. And I was like, you kind of just stopped there. <laughs> so, Scorpius is, tells John the story that he figured out how to use the technology and he figured out how to get a pod and get out of the ship that he had been raised on. And John's like, yeah, yeah. And then you lived happily ever after as the teen hero of whatever. You're basically Katniss Everdeen if she was dressed in an S&M suit. Katniss Everdeen meets Casper Hauser. That boy who was raised, like, in isolation. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's like a famous German story that turned out to not be real. It's like uh. a whole thing. It's a whole thing! <laughs> but, yeah. And he's, he's sorry. He's one of the most famous like feral children mm. who was raised without contact with the outside world. Except then that whole story turned out to be a hoax. Uh, so John's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You were, you know, you heroically joined up with the Sebations and you know became the guy you are now. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And Scorpius is like, no, keep watching. The story isn't over yet. And John's like, obviously the story's not over yet because you know. You stopped when you were a teenager and stuff happened between then and now. That's how things work. That's how time works. Stuff has to happen in between then and now. You're not still a teenager, so... Although, I mean, maybe he is. John doesn't know what half Scarens, half Sebations look like as they age. Yeah, maybe maybe he made it to, uh... 
Maybe he made it to the Sebations and they just slapped him into the S&M suit and put him on the uh, Gamak base. Yeah. Although I think John knows that it's the diagnostician who created the, the heat yeah. suit. So back on Moya, our John is not trusting the, the scientist, whose, whose name, by the way, is Linfer. 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 Yeah. So John is not trusting her. He has his pulse pistol drawn and she's like, um... Yeah, so I'm just going to totally ignore that and tell you that I figured out how to get through a wormhole. And he points out, he's like, I got through a wormhole, okay? And she's like, look, look, you got through a perfect wormhole, okay? And those are basically never a thing. Stable wormhole. A stable. stable. Yeah, a stable wormhole. Like, the vast, vast, vast majority of all wormholes are not stable. And John's like, well, what about That's that? That's pretty convenient. What about that other time we went into a wormhole when we fought Maldus? Remember that was a thing? Or that other time when we went to a wormhole and it got merged with that other ship? Like, it feels like I've been in wormholes a lot and I've never had to worry about melting. And she's like, shh, shut up. This is a real thing. <laughs> Those all happen to be stable wormholes. Shut up. So Linfer offers to give John all of the wormhole tech that he's been wanting and... In exchange, she wants to take Moya. And John's like, no. And she's like, well, Moya would probably prefer to be with me because I'm like a friend species to Leviathans. And Pilot's like, hmm, hold up a second. And I I, I feel like John feels like... I, mean, I, I would imagine also feeling betrayed by that. They've been with Moya through a lot. It's like, it's like you're... Your partner meets up with an ex-lover and is like, wait, maybe we can make this work. And you're just there like, I'm still in the room. Also, I mean, I, I guess the Prowler or whatever can support them, but like, she'd be booting a lot of people out to live in a very small ship that I feel like isn't meant for long distance stuff. Well, I, I think the deal is once she gives him the wormhole tech, he can take everyone wherever they want to go. Mm. That's optimistic of her. Well, also, I mean, the question of where does Chiana want to go is a big question. Also, also, like, I I don't know. It's just, it really seems weird how often John and the crew have been in wormholes without this melting thing being an issue. Well, no, it was an issue in the, um, it was an issue in the episode where they were merged with the other ship. It's just that they managed to navigate it. It just, it makes it seem like all of Scorpius's people are like, intentionally running into the walls of the wormhole or something because i mean it was difficult yeah but they did manage to navigate it and they got out of it perfectly okay yeah but i think scorpius is trying to get a wormhole that goes wherever you want it to go otherwise you're just stuck with wherever the wormhole drops you off okay i guess it's just the technological MacGuffin. you gotta you gotta go with it Yes. Are wormholes the way John uses them different from starbursting then? Yes, completely. Starbursting is not a wormhole. No, I know, but like functionally they do the basic basically the same thing where they just drop you off in a random different part of the universe. Um, they are functionally different. Um specifically in that starbursting can only be used for travel, but as we're gonna start to learn throughout this series, wormholes can be used for weaponry. Specifically, you can just open a wormhole where a planet is, and then the planet doesn't exist anymore. You can't do that with Starburst. Okay, but as we've seen it right now. Right, but the reason that that the Sebations and the Scarens are both so hot for wormhole technology is not so that it will help them travel further. It's so that they can wormhole other planets out of existence. Couldn't they just... I mean, I, I know it's... But 
Talon blew up a planet, didn't he? Are there is there not technology that's capable of doing that? I mean, I feel like sitting here in these United States of America and saying, isn't their military already mighty enough? This makes no sense, is kind of, uh... Yes, yes, I... Anyway, back in Scorpius's memory, he's telling Chip John about... His first encounter with the Sebations. Like, he he has... He's reached the Sebations, and he's like, I'm looking for amnesty, or... Whatever, and the Sebation captain he's talking to is like, do you not know what our thing is, what the Peacekeeper thing is? Because that's not really our bag at all. We sh- like, I feel like it's implied, if out, not outright stated, that they tortured him a whole bunch before he had this meeting. Yeah, they, they it, I think it's outright stated that they tortured him. What's interesting here is that he's wearing the Gimp suit in this memory. So at some point between the part where he leaves the Dreadnought, the the... Scarin ship and when he shows up here he stopped and met the diagnostician and got his suit but we don't see any of that yeah and also that when he got this suit and before he kind of figured out what to do about the heat delirium that was the time in his life where he met the woman who ran the shadow depository so that's another story we didn't get it's just interesting that there are there's a lot of time between like you said that's how time works there's a lot of time between him escaping the dreadnought and this that we just start going to glide right over yeah but scorpius is like look i hate the scarens i want to work for you and I know you're a big freaking deal, peacekeeper force, fascist regime, whatever, but the Scarens can and will very easily kick your ass. They're psychic fire-shooting monsters, and you're, you know, people who burn up and are weak to psychics, so you kind of need my help here. And the captain's like, fine, fine, let's go to the place where you were created. So, we saw when he was with the Scaren teacher that she... This is this is the backstory. Yes, this is the triggery backstory. Um, we saw that the woman told him that his mother was a Scarin who was a who who was assaulted by a Sebation male, which doesn't go towards the story she was trying to tell him about how Sebations are completely weak and yeah, then like. The weakest Scarin can defeat the strongest Sebation. Like, that doesn't really fit into that narrative. But it was also, you know, a huge lie, which he knew at the time because of his lie-sensing abilities. And he knows even more now when he, uh, he tells John that, Chip John, that this is a recreation of the memories from, like, stuff he read in pictures he saw and stuff. So he's basically unsolved mysteriesing it. Yeah, yeah, he's got all of this recreated memory footage of his mother, who was part of a colony of Sebations who were going to colonize out in the Uncharted Territories, but then they were attacked by Scarens, and her and her husband were the only two that survived, and so they were kind of hiding out on a planet. And then the Scarens found them, and... They killed her husband and assaulted her. Yeah. Which, it, and and a lot and graphically, like that's the thing. Like, I, uh, it's gratuitous. Really, it's it's very 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 gratuitous, especially especially in a sci-fi setting when it could literally just be clones or whatever. It could be like 
We, yeah. We had their DNA and we made a bunch of mixed race clone people or whatever. And and we see that the Scarens here are kind of like the opposite of the Sebations. The Sebations don't want to breed with any other race because all of those races... They have a weird blood superiority thing. Right, right, exactly. Because they're space Nazis. Whereas the, the, whereas the Scarens appear to be trying to breed with other races to see if there's anything worth taking from them. Like in DNA Mad Scientist. Yeah. Where, uh... Or in Wicked. <laughs> yes. So, it could have very easily have been, like, he could have been a DNA clone. The The rape is literally gratuitous. I, I, and it exists so that we can see how evil the Scarens are, because otherwise, how could you possibly show them as evil? How can you show the people who, you know... Murdered a bunch of. I, I guess you can't really be peaceful colonists. It's a sort of evil versus evil thing here. But well, like, you can be because this is space where there are planets that don't have people on them. You can colonize planets that are empty. Yes. But like we saw them torture Scorpius for the first twelve. 12 yeah, years yeah. of his life. Oh, anyway, it's for no reason. Yes. Like you'd think after twelve years you would know. Hey, this guy can't just ignore heat all of a sudden. Yeah. So we see Scorpius go travel to the planet where his parents' transport pod was, you know, as a, as a 22-year-old. He says he's 22. So that he can get all of the information. And uh, while he's there, he finds this kind of bird of paradise looking plant mm -hmm. on the planet. So that can be all, like, symbolic for him. Yes. He goes into his parents' house and... You know, he's he's looking around at the place that they were when they... Well, his mom, I guess. And then the pod seals itself up and, like, a, a knockout gas unleashes because the Scarens knew he would go there and set a trap so that they could capture him there, which seems like... Sentimentality is your weakness. Why bother getting him back, even? Well, I mean, I guess he has information or whatever that they don't, but which would he, would he have information that? I mean, he's been locked in one room for his entire life. I don't, I. I... Like, if you're going to kill him anyway, why not just write him off at that point, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Especially because as soon as she recaptures him, she's like, oh, hey, it turns out that uh, there is nothing useful from Sebations. You're, you're terrible. How could you reject our greatness for a lesser species? And Scorpius is like, because I spent my whole life in a heat room with you torturing me for no reason. And she's like, shut up! Heat room on! Well, yeah, and she's torturing him, saying that she wants any information he has about the peacekeepers. But, like, I, like you said about the, the, the Scarens, like, how much information could he possibly have about peacekeepers? Anyway, back in the real world, outside of his memory... The nurse is like, okay, this is really bad. He's about to die. I'm definitely going to snap him out of this this dream state. And okay, Was this supposed to be Peacekeeper Barbie? I mean, I know, I know it's not her because she's got the different eyes and hair and stuff. And she's clearly like an alien or whatever. But it seems weird that this character is falling right in the role that his last assistant lady was in. Okay, so I don't know for a fact that this is a Star Trek reference. Okay. But that Peacekeeper Barbie, who was 
in an ops position, right? She, like, ran the Aurora chair and stuff like that. Yeah. And had the red Party City wig, like the ops characters do in original series Star Trek. And this character is meant to be a nurse, and she has the blue Party City wig. Mm. Just like medical do in Star Trek. So, I choose to believe that that's what's going on here. He just has a bunch of female assistants with different colored hair, depending on what position they're... Yeah! Yeah! Okay, fair. Fair. And you know what? Even if she is a peacekeeper, and, and the same with Peacekeeper Barbie, who we've seen before, the fact that she is styled in a way that's so different from the the general peacekeeper look is itself kind of an interesting you know transgression yeah so back in uh scorpius's head chip john is like you're not looking so hot or do do you want to take a break to like switch out your brain thing and scorpius is like no no we need to we need to just get through this i can't break up a session and chip john's like i mean I don't super care because I hate you and I want you to die, but also, like, I really don't want to see more of your childhood, dude. Can we just... Can we be done with this now? And Chip Scorpius is like, no! Not, not Chip Scorpius, regular I'm, Scorpius. I'm sorry, regular Scorpius, yes. There is no Chip Scorpius anymore. Yep, Chip Scorpius is gone. But yes, regular Scorpius wakes up and he's like, I just need to calm down for a minute before I go back in there. And they're like, okay, well, this will help you calm down. Linfer's gone, and we think that she might have gone to join up with Crichton and betrayed all of us. Scorpius is like... <sighs> He's like, do I have to do goddamn everything? And and then Braca is like, hey, uh, random peacekeeper guy, you should beat up the other, the, the alien project leader until he finds Linfer. And it's like... The beating is not going to help him look better, but okay. The beatings will continue until morale improves, right? So, back on Moya, they are talking about whether or not they believe Linfer and whether or not they want to abandon Moya. And no one wants to abandon Moya. And they all call out John about him wanting to abandon Moya. He's like, it's what Moya wants. And they're like, you don't care what Moya wants. You're just playing that card because it happens to align with what you want, which is so true. Read him. So, yeah. 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 And I love that Jewel's like, oh my god, do we have to bring more people aboard? And Shanna's like... Really? Shanna's like, you just got here. And Jewel's like, well, you showed up the same way she did. And Shanna's like, shut up, none of us are supposed to be here. We weren't even supposed to be here today. Right? Although it's, it's more like Bill Murray's speech from Stripes. Where it's like, none of us belong here. And then and then he throws a little hissy fit and he's like, you know what? If I was Moya, I wouldn't want to deal with us either. Ugh. I love this little dysfunctional family. I think the fact that they're dysfunctional is part of what makes me love them so. So Jewel is uh, ranting to Linfer about how she's like, she's like, look. I'm not the new person anymore, so that means I get to pick on you. Ha 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 And Linfer's like, well, enjoy it while you can, because I'm dying. Yeah, it turns out that she didn't actually figure out how to get through the wormhole without melting. It's just that she slowed the melting down. Why are so many people having problems with this? Well, now she has the really cool, like, bleeding from the eye thing. Mm. So, yeah. Looks like they're gonna stay on Moira after all. Yep. 
And she decides she's going to go out into, into space and die in space. That's what she wants to do. And they're all like, Pilot, why did you let her go? And Pilot's like, I... That's... Why not? Yeah, Pilot's like, I don't work for you, you know. We, we, we live to... We're roommates at best. Technically, it's more like I'm a landlord who doesn't charge you rent and you live in my... I'm Benny from Rent. Uh, yeah, I'm Benny from Rent. I was gonna say it's it's like it's like if the guy from that movie do you remember Monster House? Yes, I do. But right now I'm too busy trying to recast Rent with Farscape. God. <laughs> so it's like I'm married to the house I live in, and you're just people I'm renting rooms to. Yup. Yup. Spoilers for Monster House. Sure. Does anyone remember that movie? It came out forty years ago. Anyway, Linford blows herself up. Boom. Oh, I we didn't point out at the time, but the reason why she knew exactly where to find John was because she figured he'd be chasing the wormholes. So, um... Smart. Yeah, but that also means Scorpius can figure out exactly where to find him, so... I mean, if Scorpius didn't already kind of know that, then that's on Scorpius, right? So Has Scor- anybody ever rewritten Waterfalls by TLC to be about wormholes and, and Farscape? I feel like that must exist, right? There must be that filk somewhere. Don't go chasing wormholes. I don't know, I feel like that would be kind of hard to make scan, but wormholes, waterfalls, I guess it's kind yeah. of the same, you know. Anyway, so Scorpius goes back to talk to Chip John because he only has so much time before Lin for something, something. This really isn't a time pressure situation any more than anything else is. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess he thinks that maybe she has this, she, she, she stabilized the normal thing, but then they'd still be able to track him by tracking wormholes than if he was using them to travel. Well, I mean, if they've, if they have in fact finally cracked wormholes, then it's important that it not fall into Scarin hands. And the most important way for it to not fall into Scarin hands is to make sure that if John is the one who has it, he doesn't let the Scarins have it. And I think the idea is that head John can tell Scorpius the best way to to reach real John, you know, to get real John to, to cooperate with him. So we go back into Scorpius's like he's he's going back into his mind to show John, you know, what happened next. And what happened next is the Scarin teacher lady is punishing she she's like, Oh, so you wanted to know about your origins, did you? Well, here's a video of your mom getting raped. It's really, it, really messed up and completely unnecessary. Like, it, it's a very brutal scene, and it very much does not need to be a part of this. It's, it's And it goes on forever. Both the sequence and then when the sequence is over, the the Scarin interrogator telling Scorpius even worse stuff that they didn't show us. Like, that she was just one of countless... Ninety. Yeah, yeah, I I said countless, but she gave a specific number. Somehow a specific number is worse than countless. Ninety Sebastian women went through the process, and all of them died at various points in it, including his mom, and he was the only child that survived. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's it's so... Gratuitous! It's gratuitous. The whole thing is just gratuitous, and... It really mars what is otherwise a very, very solid episode of Farscape. 
Scorpius uh, tricks her. It's it's neat. Yeah, this this comes right before an incredible moment where Scorpius is like, "I need water." He he demands it. He doesn't say please like he did earlier, and she's like, oh, "Okay, I'll get you water since you were rude about it. I'll get you water since that's how we work." And she turns to go get water, and then he takes the heat crystals from his like heat crystal thingy and stabs her in the eyes. And then, like, they fight, and he's able to overcome her and escape again. It's a pretty brutal fight scene, because it's basically, uh, again, we've we've had talk about the difference between choreographed pretty TV violence and real-world basic shoving. It's it's basically, you know, shoving and stabbing with things, real-world violence, where it's, it's not pretty. It's just two people trying to hurt each other as much as possible, and this is very firmly in the latter camp. He ends up complete. he murders her. He, he kills her in a... Very, very brutal, but one would have to imagine pretty satisfying way. Yep. And then, and we see him watching her die through his heat vision. He also mentions that he escaped the exact same way he did the first time because the Scarens, speaking of the hubris that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. the Scarens are so full of hubris that they didn't put in any fail safes that would have prevented him from doing what he did the first time. It's the thing when you think you're... When you think that you don't have any issues you need to address, then the issues you need to address are going to get you. Otherwise, Scorpius is going to escape and you're going to melt through the wormhole. Otherwise, Scorpius is going to scorp. <laughs> so Scorpius returned to the peacekeepers and the peacekeepers were like, okay, normally we're super racist, but since you have been so helpful. Also, because despite our thing about us being the best species ever, we are kind of scared of the Scarens, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's... So they give him a job. Yeah, they gave him a job doing, trying to figure out wormholes. And And he got his gamut base, and everyone lived happily ever after until John killed them all. Exactly. And John's like, okay, but peacekeepers are bad too. And Scorpius is like, but you have to join up with us because Scarens are worse. And, And you should interpret this hidden message for me. Remember, that's how we got here, was the little hidden bit on the chip. So the... This is a thing that I feel like comes up a lot in real life where people are like, oh, I don't want to vote for Democrats or whatever because they don't, they're not promising to do all of this stuff I want the government to do. And it's like, okay, but at some point you are just kind of trying to mitigate harm. Okay, as a big believer in harm mitigation, I see where you're coming from but don't want to make this that because i agree with john's decision to help neither of them yes yes chip john is like okay but i hate you and also i don't think you're going to do good stuff with this either yet you're right it doesn't really map onto the situation at all but i wanted to bring it up because i i feel like i see it a lot in leftist circles where it's like just don't vote because there's not a difference they're not going to do the things you want them to do and i'm just like i'm always like okay but there is a difference yeah. I know, I know it feels like you're throwing your vote away because a lot of the times the people in power aren't doing stuff, but it you do you do need to vote blue every time. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. For our American listeners. For our American listeners. For everyone else, I'm I'm so very sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but Chip John's like, yeah, you just wasted a ton of time showing me that backstory. I don't care. Well, I like what John tells Scorpius, which is that he's gonna trust the ancients. The ancients told John that he would be able to interpret the calculations if he was responsible enough to deal with wormholes. 
So he's not going to break the code for Scorpius because the same with the same holds, right? If Scorpius can crack the code, he deserves wormholes. If the Scarens can crack the code, it's on, they'll only be able to do it because they deserve wormholes. Mm. And Scorpius does also tell John, I'm only pointing this out because this is kind of going to be part of John's motivating uh, motivation, his motivating motivation Mm -hmm. (laughs) going forward, which is that uh, the Scarens are not just a danger to John. They are going to want to take over the entire universe, which means they will eventually find Earth and take over Earth. Yeah. Like, again, it's a it's a thing where, you know, look, sometimes you do literally need to fight fire with fire. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a thing firefighters do. Controlled burns are a thing. You need to you need to sacrifice some things in order to protect other things. It's a Yeah. So Scorpius is like burning up in the real world and The nurse is like, you know what? I'm unplugging him. Screw you. And the peacekeeper guy, the left handed man, is like, No, 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 no. He said not to interrupt him, even if he's dying, so we're not interrupting him. Uh, you know, we didn't mention that the reason he's do the way that the way that he's doing all of this is that he put the neural chip like back into his brain. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "I'm going to take the chip out," and he's like, "No, don't do it." And then Scorpius wakes up and like his his thing like pops out of his head, and Bracca quickly changes the rods, which are which burn his fingers while he changes them. It's very visceral. It's a visceral thing. You can see them burning his hands. Yeah, and Scorpius is doing this like panting thing where he's like he can't breathe. And anyway, I also really enjoy the fact that he's having trouble getting the thing in. I don't know if the actor was actually having trouble or because it's it's a very genuine moment where he's having trouble sliding the new cooling rod in. I think he was I think he was acting that way and I think it was because his hands are meant to have been burned from the from pulling out the heat rod. But also the cooling rod is hurting his hands too. Right, cuz yes. Cuz it's very cold. Yeah. So back on Moya, Dargo comes to talk to John and is basically like, "Hey, look, I'm sorry that everything got fucked up, but you know, what eh. Welcome to Moya! Like, it's not your first day! Hey, also, is it just me, or did our adventure feel, like, really, really short and subplotty this week? <laughs> like, normally our adventures seem like they take a long time and a lot of stuff happens, but we just kind of, we met a lady and then she blew up. Yeah. Like, Dark was like, is it just me, or did you feel like we were only on screen for, like, five minutes? But John's like, look, I love you and I love the ship, but... I I feel like there's this thing with me and wormholes where it might be my destiny or whatever. And Darko's like, well, that sounds stupid, but we're here for you. You stupid, stupid man. I actually really like this moment because Darko's like, yeah, I hate being on this ship with you. But the only thing worse than being on the ship with you is every other option I've had so far. It's, it's kind of sweet. It is. It is a nice moment. And Every time I say I'm turning around on Dargo, he ends up doing something awful, but I am turning around on Dargo here. He's got rid of most of his more annoying things, like now that his son's not on the ship anymore, he's not constantly, you know, oh, I'm going to kill everyone on this ship for the slight possibility of maybe possibly seeing my son again, even if doing this will end up, you know, killing all of us and also my son. He's not constantly making just the The worst worst decisions, yeah. So, I like Dargo here. Yeah. So, back on Scorpius's ship, he's talking to the the head of the project, and he thinks that he has 
figured out, not necessarily the whole code, but he's figured out the, a way to get back on the right track. And Braca comes in and is like, hey, um, sorry I almost let you die. He's like, no, no, you made the right choice. You did what I told you to do. And Braca's like, phew, I am so glad I made the right choice. Bullet dodged. <laughs> he's like, I never know with you because you are quite an evil villain. Capricious. Mm, yes. And, yep, that's that's the end of the episode. So... One major, 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 major thing aside, I think this is a really good episode of Farscape. Yeah, I Major do. thing I, aside. Yes, right. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the very last shot, which is where we see that Scorpius has one of those birds of paradise from the planet his mother crashed on in his office. That's neat, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, this was a, this was a really good episode, except for that one thing. Which was a lot of the episode, unfortunately, so... But... Okay, so I additionally want to talk about... I just want to bring it up. I feel like Scorpius falls into the unfortunate trope of having a disabled villain. And having their disability be, like, a marker of their villainy. Yeah, there's a big thing. It's 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 an ableist trope it's been around for forever where you can tell someone is evil because they're disabled yeah i mean and the thing is it's not a discredited trope like a lot of these are either like detective pikachu had it right detective freaking pikachu and the thing is i feel like even though we know about the whole thing with the with the heat death with the with the scaron part of him and the sebation part of him kind of at war like that works as a metaphor and we know that he had that literally his gimp suit is adaptive technology to help him survive but i feel like until this episode i wasn't reading him through a disability filter but seeing the way in which he was raised like seeing everything i feel like it's hard to not read him other than through a disability lens at this point which really makes it part of that very unfortunate trope and I just need to call it out, even though Scorpius is, like, an interesting and complex villain and, like, the best villain we get on this show. But hmm. it's, I don't know. And, and like I said, the metaphor of, like, his the, the two sides of him warring with each other is a good metaphor. I just, I don't know. It's it's an unfortunate piece of it, to th- you know. Yeah. That I, that I would feel remiss if I didn't call out. So I believe we have some segments. We do have some segments. Our first segment is A Distant Part of the Universe, which is what world building worked for you in this episode. <sighs> okay, so this is bad because it is the worst part of the episode. And I think they handled it all wrong. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, though, that the Scarens are intentionally crossbreeding to see if they can create a stronger subset of Scarin. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting concept. I would have liked to see it explored in a more consensual way. Even, like, you can even keep them evil and they just, like, do clone stuff. I mean, come on, that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like torturing a child is already pretty evil. Like... But my, my point is, like, you don't need right, to... That's what I mean. You don't need to add to that. Well, I mean, like, you don't need to have it be, like, a romance thing where... Right, it could just be DNA. It it could just be DNA. Like, you don't need to have the sexual assault angle. 
that is bad, but I do like the concept of aliens intentionally trying to crossbreed to create stronger new aliens. I think that's just, that's a fun thing. And, and I like that, you know, this whole season, aided by the fact that John is split into two and we're going back and forth between the two Johns, this season is exploring a lot of duality and the the way that the Scarens versus the Sabi- I was going to say the Sebations, but really it's just the peacekeepers, the, the different ways that they approach, you know, uh, cross species. Yeah, uh, yeah, because both of them are supremacists of what they are. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to see that how that plays out in their interactions with other species. Well, I liked learning that there was a species that specifically was often found with leviathans and... The deal with that species is that they're just peaceful explorers, so they just want to travel amongst the stars, just like leviathans and pilots do, and they all just chill out together. I like knowing that such a species exists, and also the idea that Moya has her own desires, and maybe they don't line up with what the crew wants all the time. I I like all of that. Hmm. Our second segment is Strange Alien Creatures, which is what alien design stood out to you in this episode. Okay, I know we spent a lot of time ragging on it, but I do like the female Scarin thing because it was still a very alien design and you could see it as, you know, this is the different uh, sex markers between... Male and female Scarins, yeah. Although, and I also... It was more of a subtle thing, but I do like that the nurse alien was subtly alien but still distinctly alien i am almost a hundred percent sure that her uh eyes were contacts but oh her eyes were definitely contacts but the question is is she a peacekeeper wearing contacts or an alien who just has super bright blue eyes yeah yeah i really liked the the alien scientist who flew through the wormhole i really liked her design she looked kind of like those antennae people from star trek the Andalorians. Andorians. Andorians. She yeah. had kind of that vibe to her. She did, yeah. I, you know what? She was, she was like, just a person in prosthetics, but Farscape being better at it than other sci-fi shows, I, they were just so detailed, especially, like, around the, the detailing around her eyes. She had, like, um, she had kind of, like, jewels that looked like they were a natural part of her skin and stuff around her eyes and uh, along her forehead ridges. I just... I, I thought it was a, a nice humanoid alien, but still a, a, an alien design. It's not like, um, what's that thing Shax is? In, Bajoran. Bajoran in, in Star Trek, where I didn't realize Shax was supposed to be an alien for a really, really long time. Well, Bajorans, like, literally just have nose ridges. I thought he was just, I thought he just had kind of a scrunched up nose. I didn't think he was an alien. Because he's a fighter, so you thought he had just broken his nose at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Or he was just mad all the time, you know. Oh, and he was just scrunching up his face. Yeah, because... Just that, making an angry face. I mean, that is kind of shacks. <laughs> uh, our final segment is The Wonders That I've Seen, which is what emotionally resonated with you this episode. Okay, again, it was such a small part of the episode, but I did really like the dynamic that Dargo and uh, John had in the last scene with the two of them. That's mine too! Oh, yeah. I, I really like the way that the show is evolving their relationship in a way that is like they're becoming close they're becoming family but they're still a uh, dysfunctional family well 
I think it's different than them becoming family. I think it's them becoming comfortable with each other. Oh, interesting. I feel like this is sort of a new level that they're... Especially in the beginning where uh, Dargo is talking about how Chiana and Jewel need them to go to a different planet because they're going crazy. You know, they're at each other's throats all the time. And then he's like, and you know what? It's something I need too. Yeah. Which... Boy, they dropped the whole, uh, whatever the hell Dargo's people are. What are they? Luxon. They dropped the whole Luxons don't understand lying thing so quickly. Oh my that, god, yeah. That was a thing in, like, the first two episodes, I think, and then they just never went back to it. I, you can't have a main character who doesn't understand lying. That just, that doesn't work. <laughs> so I guess that'll about do it. Yeah, the next episode we're talking about is Meltdown, and the Amazon Prime description is... Crichton, Aaron, and Crace fight to override Talon's sudden compulsion to fly into a sun. Okay, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm starting to really dislike the ScarJo episodes, because they all feel the same and bad. I think maybe you just don't like Talon. I'm okay with Talon, it's just every episode is, up oh, Talon's, Talon's going to be swallowed by a space whale, oh, Talon's gonna be this, that, and the, it's, I mean... I guess not the last episode where they were dealing with Aaron's mom issues, but I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the ScarJo plots. They all seem kind of boring and samey. All right. Well, we'll see what you think about it when we actually watch it. All right. All right. I think that does it for this week. Mm-hmm. This show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at ILoveTVZines on Twitter, or at ILoveTelevisionZines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. Mm-hmm.